Welcome to the sound of the start of your week, an unusual NTT20 betting show coming to you on a Monday. This podcast is sponsored by Betfair. It's for over 18s only. George and I will be making some picks across the midweek EFL slate. And therefore, this is for over 18s only. We ask that everyone listening be gamble aware. Head to begambleaware.org if you don't think you understand the many risks that come with gambling. From us, please never bet more than you can afford to lose. And please never chase your losses. An unusual start to the week, George, for unusual reasons uh, because of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Uh, there was no football played in the EFL, in the Premier League or anywhere in theory, over the weekend. Uh, so we've made some tweaks, which we'll discuss in due course. What a few days it's been, really, in the whole country since we last spoke. Yeah, it has been. It's been uh, an odd weekend. I think, you know, a lot of people, understandably, are very upset after the passing of Her Majesty the Queen. I think after she was you know, queen for, for 70-odd years, it's a, it's a big shift in the country. And there was no football this weekend. Uh, we saw other sports uh, continue, including rugby and cricket after a kind of a, a short break. I personally, you know, I, I thought that the opportunity for football fans to unite and come together around the country, uh, as I'm sure will happen hopefully on Tuesday and Wednesday night in the EFL for those games that can go ahead, um, which looks like most of them will. I think we'll, we'll see a lot of respect being shown there. So in my mind, it was um, that could have been the case on Saturday. Uh, it wasn't to be. And, you know, fingers crossed that the general policing issues uh, ahead of next weekend can be sorted as well. So we get our, our football back. As you mentioned, you know, we have made a tweet this week. We are very aware that betting isn't for everybody. And for those who, who, who like to come on on a Monday and, and listen to us talking about the EFL, just listen on Thursday instead, because we're going to do our Monday pod and cover all of the midweek action on Thursday. So um, don't panic. Uh, we're just flipping Monday and Thursday around, uh, and we, we'll probably do a, a little bonus betting show as well ahead of the weekend. But we'll be back to to go through what happened in midweek, giving you know giving midweek football the the, the coverage it deserves on Thursday. Mm. I don't think that governing football leagues, whether it's one, two, or multiple, in the case of the EFL and uh, the Premier League, of course, are involved in that decision. I do not think that is an easy thing to do. And particularly in very unusual and fairly uh, urgent times, uh, I can see how decision-making can be difficult and how every decision can come with pros and cons. Uh, I'm in agreement with you that, that on a personal level, I was disappointed that football wasn't given the opportunity given to many other sports in the country to play this weekend, to allow those who work within the sport or enjoy following it to continue to do so while showing respect. I suppose I'm so cynical about the news cycle and the way that the news is in this country now that I think we, we know what would have happened. And I think what we think might have happened was maybe a reason why they didn't go ahead. I think what would have happened is that 99.9% of people would have observed any silence or any marks of respect, respectfully, essentially. But I think that across the whole country's worth of football matches, maybe there would have been a few people that went the other way that shouted or disrupted, whatever the word may be. And I think we know that that would have been almost gleefully highlighted by a section of the media. That would have been the talking point for a day or two. Football fans looked down on uh, a lot of tutting from people who know exactly what they're doing. But ultimately, and this is my main point, everything would have been okay. There'd have been some lash, some backlash, 
some backlash to the backlash and so on and so <laughs> forth. We see it every single day on some topic or another. And maybe for a day, it might have been football in the headlight. That would have been very tough to swallow. But football and life would have carried on. And crucially for me, hundreds and thousands of people for whom weekend football is important, socially, economically or both, could have continued to do what they do. That's my personal view on the matter. And I hope that you and, and others don't mind me sharing. We respect everyone's feelings and beliefs. And we ask that others try and do the same as well. What's done is done now. And we will move on now. We'll look forward. Uh, you've mentioned things will be a bit different this week, flipped over, but it's a, it's a betting show ahead of the midweek fixtures, which means, George, that we start with a nap. What's your best bet ahead of the midweek slate? Plymouth Argyle host Oxford and Plymouth Argyle were my uh, nap draw no bet against Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday in a game that never went ahead uh, that will be rearranged for a future date. You know, I think the six to five about Argyle to win this game for all the reasons I mentioned for why they thought they were about uh, against Sheffield Wednesday uh, ring true again here. Um, I think Argyle at home are a top, top League One side um, as good as we've seen any League One side be so far this season. Um, there's there's no reason to, in my mind, that they shouldn't be a lot shorter, as I said, than the 16-1-1 to that they are to win the league, given how how short Ipswich and, and Sheffield Wednesday are, and given that I think Argyle's performances so far this season have been on the same page as theirs. Taking the opposition into account here, it is, of course, a team I support, a team that I have a very bad record uh, with on the betting show when I'm getting involved in their games. But yeah, I think... With Oxford, there's probably going to be some juice in opposing Oxford over the next couple of weeks um, because they are, they rank very, I mean, they are one of the biggest outliers in the whole of the EFL in terms of the expected goals data and where and how their games have actually gone. Uh, that is built mainly on a very good defensive record. Um, you know, they, they're conceding very few shots so far this season. Their XG is very low. Simon Eastwood has the second worst uh, goals prevented ratio um, in the well, goals present, prevented total in League One so far this season uh, the worst of, of any keeper that's played 100% of his team's minutes um, 3.4 goals prevented um, minus 3.4 I should say from just 7 conceded um, I, you know from the eye test alone that feels a little bit harsh you know I, I think a lot of the goals that have gone in have been from range which is never going to help him but um, I, I wouldn't say there have necessarily been any clangers so far but I do think for that reason alone, it's a little bit noisy. Um, and I think that Plymouth Argyle have, have proven themselves this season under Stephen Schumacher to be a side who are very adept at creating chances. And when you consider that Oxford's good expected goals against record and general okay start to the season in terms of points gained has come up against all sides that we would probably consider to be um, lower half teams apart from Derby, um, it, it, it makes that record itself a little bit worse and, and I think you've got to factor that in massively you know they haven't come up against you know if you consider that Derby are the best team that Oxford played so far and Derby themselves have been not particularly good in front of goal you have to think that Plymouth Argyle are the best attacking side that Oxford have faced so far by absolutely miles here uh, and so I don't think the ease with which Oxford have been able to keep other teams at arm's length will, will be the case here and then you've got to factor in the injuries loads of injuries to Oxford players at the moment uh, Steve Seddon, uh, I think, will still be out, which means that Kieran Brown will play left wing back. He is a, a left-sided centre-back by trade. A right wing back, there is seemingly no one who can really play there. James Henry was there um, last weekend. Uh, Javan Anderson, the new signing, still yet to have his work permit approved, which is a bit strange given he seemingly had enough points to, uh, to get it. Uh, John Massinho played twice in a week last week at centre-back. Suggestions that Elliot Moore is, is a fair way away from being back fit. Matt Taylor 
injured as well. Uh, Gatlin Odonka, a teenage striker, started up front. You know, this is if if a similar team takes the field on Saturday to the one who lined up against Burton in the two one win a couple of weeks ago, then Plymouth Argyle should be heavily odds on. Um, and you know, Marcus Brown is seemingly the one player who's the closest to return from injury. He, he came off the bench against uh, against Burton, but I'd be amazed if he starts uh, here. I think he's still a fair way off. So, an Oxford side who I think you know data wise is a bit noisy. I think there are. The injuries mean that they're going to be way behind full strength and they've got their hardest game of the season by miles so far. And I'm, I'm very surprised that, that Plymouth Argyle aren't, aren't a fair bit shorter than the, the 2.2 that they are. seems to happen a lot that I'm in the same division as you for my nap. But one of the first things I do at the moment uh, when I take the initial look at the slate is to look for, in League One, uh, the top chunk teams playing against bottom chunk teams, bottom quarter sides, let's say at the moment. Um, and I'm kind of hoping for a price to catch my eye because inherently I believe there is a very large gap in quality between the, the portions of this division, shall we say. And almost always, unfortunately, uh, short prices reflect that and kind of put me off making picks for this show. Uh, on this occasion, there were two that that stood out just price-wise initially. Um, the, the even money for Barnsley at home to Vale, I thought about for a matter of seconds, but actually uh, an inconsistency in performance level from Barnsley up to this point and Vale's standout defensive numbers somewhat put me off there. Uh, I've settled with Charlton as my nap at home to Forest Green in League One. They're 17 to 20, 1.85 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, I'm more than happy to have that as my nap. Uh, at this point, uh, I want to nod to uh, Gav Horsfall, who runs a blog called The Anytime Notebook. There are regular podcasts as well. Gav loves punting on the EFL. And actually, Gav was someone I was following on Twitter and reading a lot before we even started this podcast in early 2016. Uh, his way of writing and, and now podcasting about EFL punting is something I've always really enjoyed. And Gav has a, a similar uh, penchant for a centre-back goal scorer, uh, albeit he seems to pick them slightly better than me in general. Uh, anyway, I say all that to say that Ga it was Gav who flagged in a blog post over the weekend just how tricky Charlton's schedule has been and how perhaps we should um, up them in our in our ratings, in our minds and kind of um, be a bit more impressed than, than just the points tally suggests. They've played Argyle, Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, Bolton and Wickham all in their first seven games and the best of the rest, in my opinion, in Cambridge uh, as well. Given that, their attacking numbers are incredibly impressive. The best open play attack in League One per the Opta Analyst website. Um, been nice balance down the left with with young Clayden, the, the attacking left back. He seems to be giving Charlie Kirk a kind of pickering style partnership uh, that's, that's starting to get the best out of him for the first time in a while. Scott Fraser has three goals and seven. He's been getting into some really nice positions and we know he's a calm finisher uh, inside the box. And, and as discussed on one of the Monday pods, I think despite Garner Ball being in theory, possession-based. Charleston have looked most dangerous probably on the break with Raksaki in particular and Blackett-Taylor uh, looking hugely threatening at this level on the break. So um, it's good news that their opposition, Forest Green, in my opinion, are pretty dogmatic with wanting possession of the ball, uh, not going to change their approach just because they're in a higher level. I think that encourages me when it comes to Charlton because rather than you know, facing a, a sort of stubborn, low-block, physical, game-spoiling type side that might stereotypically frustrate a team like this it's 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 actually a team with kind of similar ideas but with less talent um charlton's defensive record and, and those numbers are a little concerning 
but I don't think Forest Green are exactly firing on, on all cylinders going forward at the moment. They switched to a diamond last midweek and got a much needed win after uh, against Aki after defeat to Shrews uh, last weekend or the weekend before last rather. Um, they're missing or at least they were missing key defenders, Moore Taylor, Cargill, Andudoka, uh, Godwin, Malif. So I think things point to a Charlton home win here, uh, slightly kinder opponents for them. And hopefully uh, the quality that they've been showing, even if not always picking up the points, will start to show. So uh, that's Charlton, my nap at 1.85 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Next up. Next up for me, it is um, Middlesbrough uh, to win to nil. Um, Middlesbrough facing a Cardiff side. Uh, the price of Intermintonil is 13 to 8. Uh, Borough are 4 to 6 to win this game, um, and rightly so. You know, I think we're starting to finally see a, a bit of return for their, for their good performances. Um, we saw them win 1 0, uh, making kind of heavy weather of it against, uh, against Sunderland uh, in the last EFL match that we saw. Um, and they play against a Cardiff side who, I mean, it's, it's hard to really know what to say because I think to an extent, Steve Morrison deserves some credit for making them pretty hard to break down but it's it's come at a pretty big cost uh, it's quite rare to see a goal scorer and a striker um basically set up a team to be very very low margin um very defensive heavy uh, the whole outlook for Morrison's Cardiff is to to try and restrict your, the the opposition from making creating too many chances now looking at the uh, expected goals data as i say always slave to the data i am you look at Middlesbrough have the third best expected goals ratio in the division. So I think, you know, or, uh, yeah, fourth best with 57% ratio. So they are you know, operating despite some disappointing performances. They are operating as, you know, a top six, top seven side. Um, and Cardiff are kind of mid-table for that at about 49%. So n- nothing too worrying there. But when you look at the actual figures, the expected goals for per 90 figure of Cardiff of, of 0.82 per game is the third worst in the uh, in the division. And the 0.84 uh, expected goals against is the second best in the division behind West Brom. So stunted going forward, uh, pretty miserly at the back. Then if you look at the uh, figures for just away games, that's where things get very, very concerning for Cardiff. Um, you know, their home form has them a 70% XG ratio, just 0.44 against, but away from home, 0.57 expected goals for 1.23 away. So... Yes, they're miserly, but they're also uh, a team who at home are able to turn that into a, a you know a positive front foot on top team away from home. It's the opposite. You know they are still poor going forward, um, but they're not nowhere near as as good at the back. So, uh, you know, Chris Wilder's Borough, we we know uh, are pretty adept at creating chances. It's been putting the ball in the back of the net, proven difficult recently. Um, Riley McGree. Uh, started his 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 time at Borough uh, very impressively so far this season, and now with Munith and and, and Force in there, you know they do have striking options even even if none of them have really hit the ground running yet. So um, I'm pretty confident the Borough have the better of this game. Uh, four to six is is a bit short, but I I think I'd be surprised if we saw Cardiff creating many chances here. So I'm happy to to take the clean sheet, take the win to nil at thirteen to eight. Good time to mention Betfair's Bet Builder, which allows you to combine selections from individual matches easily into one bet. Uh, with Betfair's popular bet builder as well, you can add trending football league bet builder selections to your bet slip in one tap. Uh, if you head to the football section of the Betfair Sportsbook app, you'll see popular bet builders there at the top. My next best is Walsall at home to Colchester, 1.95 to win this one. Uh, similar theme to uh, my Charlton pick in that uh, I think Walsall's uh, points return is probably not reflective of either their average performance level uh, and 
of course, their fixture list as well, which has been very, very difficult. Walsall are winless in five, but I think are much better than that suggests. But it was really that performance against Bradford that I I noted, circled, underlined, whatever you want to say. uh, And I thought to myself, next time Walsall play, I want to take a look here. So I was very pleased to see this price at home to a Colu side that I do not rate very highly. Uh, Then I read the aforementioned Gavin Horsfall's anytime note uh, notebook blog and, and he had done the sort of fixture difficulty work himself uh, on the blog and Walsall were brought up there as well so I was kind of torn between my my initial belief that this is good value and I wanted it as my next best and then the fact that Gav had already mentioned it and I didn't want to be treading on his toes but I think ultimately I'm here to, to share my own picks and if they happen to reflect something I've read elsewhere then so be it I hope Gav doesn't mind and I will just push to his blog theanytimenotebook.com because it is uh, worth subscribing to and getting everything sent to your email is a, is a very nice feature there. Uh, as I said any team that puts together a performance such as Walsall did at Valley Parade in their last game despite the 2-1 reverse uh, is, a, is a good team in my eyes. It's a team whose who's good, who's good performance level is very very strong for this level so uh, maybe in the last few weeks they haven't proven to be killers uh, in both boxes and and they need to just get the job done at home to kind of bottom quarter teams to, to move up the table and, and here's a chance to do so Colchester pretty grim in general definitely grim away from home three defeats out of three um, not generating anything going forward basically 0.11 xg in the game away at Stockport is barely anything 0.27 away at Tranmere uh, and then 1.5 at Northampton on opening day half of which was a Freddie Sears uh, penalty uh, Chilvers kind of turned it on in that game in a, in a 3-2 defeat now they did make some quite eye-catching signings towards the end of the window Cole you uh, Bez Labala Kwesi Appia Matty Longstaff in theory all of those players should raise their attacking level but until I see it, I'm 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 going to continue opposing Colchester because I, I really don't think that for for some time now they've managed to find a way to consistently create and take chances outside of flashes of, of individual quality. So I think if Walsall play to their average level this season, they should be comfortably the better side here and pick up uh, the three points at the best got at the Poundland. So uh, Walsall, my next best, one point nine five. Uh, head to the exchange, George. Put up a lay for me. I'm laying Barnsley. Um, there wasn't much uh, kind of really short prices. Um, no, I'm I always loath to try and lay something here. Um, that is is odds uh, odds against because it means that the lay is, is odds on, obviously. Um, but I do think that they are short at um, it's uh, 2.12 uh, is what I've laid them at, um, at home uh, against Port Vale. Um, basically because... Uh, Barnsley are coming here off the back of a, a very big win um, against Sheffield Wednesday, uh, where they went to Hillsborough and, and surprised a lot of people by beating them 2-0, um, which is, of course, an impressive result. But I do think it might mean that people, um, or the price at least for, for this one, has is, is gone a bit too far, um, where, uh, again, looking at the, the shot data, um, the uh, Barnsley basically rank have, an, have a negative XG ratio over the course of the season so far at 48%, which is kind of bang mid-table. Um, and then uh, haven't really improved that figure of the last four games. However, Port Vale are probably one of the most interesting teams from a pure data point of view so far this season. They are they rank fourth um, for the uh, or sorry fifth for the season to date. They rank fifth for the last um, or sixth for the last four games, and they're just a team who I think are continually being priced up as a. Um, a newly promoted team, a team who are kind of predicted to finish in the relegation spaces, who are maybe just showing a little bit more than that so far. Um, so, I mean, it's not a particularly strong view, 
Um, I think we've seen over their recent games that um, there is kind of a, enough about Portville. You know, we were very concerned for them at the beginning of the season in terms of their relegation prospects. But um, even in games where they've been beaten, you know, the 2-1 defeat against uh, against MK Dons, the 1-0 loss against Portsmouth, they're still very much in the game. And I think they're quite a hard team to see off. So, um, yeah, I just think they're but maybe Barnsley are a touch, sort, touch short. So they're my lay at 2.1, 2.1, 2, did I say? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm taking on one of the real shorties this midweek. That's West Bromwich Albion at home to Birmingham City. I've laid them at 1.53 on the Betfair exchange. Uh, I understand the short price. Of course I do. Uh, West Brom, incredibly strong when it comes to the shot data. Not so strong on results. They've won one of their eight league games so far. Um, They have a very, very strong first 11. um, But they haven't put it all together just yet. And I, I think, basically until they show that they can put teams away without this weird, quite long-term lack of composure in front of goal, scuppering them, without this propensity to shoot themselves in the foot at the back and concede sloppily, I will happily take them on at such a short price. Uh, as for Blues, well, the worst case is is a very low performance level, and we've seen that twice in their eight games. Away at Rotherham and away at Cardiff, uh, Birmingham City have been comprehensively second-best comfortably beaten uh, the best case performance level is okay and they should be competitive here even if West Brom are in good nick you know twice away from home uh, Birmingham have been impressive and, and got surprise results uh, nil-nil at Luton on opening day uh, and then beating Preston 1-0 in their last away game uh, in their home games they lost late late on to Norwich 2-1 they lost a very tight one to Wigan 1-0 uh, they beat Huddersfield comfortably and they held Watford to a one-all draw so uh, I, I don't you know after their big defeats to Rotherham and Cardiff you know, those performances have been, have been so bad as to be quite concerning. But actually, if you look overall, I'd still say on balance, you know, Birmingham being OK, uh, improved under under Eustace. Um, West Brom clearly stronger on paper, clearly much stronger on the numbers. But I'm just going to put a bit of faith in a good Eustace game plan, in plenty of motivation for Birmingham here in a match that, that means a lot to both sides. And I'm just happy to take on West Brom at, at 1.53 until they prove that they can be killers to use that phrase again, uh, and win these these games comfortably. Uh, how about a goals bet from across the midweek slate? You're going to uh, Norwich against Bristol City. Um, very keen to find ways to, to get with goals uh, in Bristol City games um, this season. Uh, they've scored in, in each and every single one of them, and I think that is a, a key reason why um, I think BTTS and over two and a half here at 1.95, uh, so basically 19 to 20, um, is a way to play this one. Uh, we with Norwich so far this season, um, you know they've obviously improved things recently, uh, and their form at home in the Championship has been been very strong since that one nil draw against Wigan, which was their first home game of the season. Since then, they've beaten Huddersfield two one, uh, beaten Millwall two nil, and beaten Coventry three nil. Um, we know they're a side who are able to break down teams who who go to Carrow Road and try and set up to defend. That was definitely the case with Millwall and with Huddersfield, even though um, Norwich kind of took the lead fairly early in that one as well. That won't be the case here. Um, we know that Bristol City. Uh, we know how they are likely to play. We know the way that they're going to set up to to try and attack whenever possible to use their. Um, key attacking players in Conway, Wells, Wyman and Semenyo, whoever, whichever three get the nod to start uh, and Alex Scott in midfield as well. Um, and you know, defensive um, stability has never been Bristol City's strong point in the last couple of seasons. And I think Norwich here should enjoy themselves. I think it should be a really entertaining game. I think the quality of Norwich's forward players, um, Sargent clearly being the key man so far this season, but Pookie back in the side as well. 
Um, and then uh, Nunez, who is the uh, you know the creative player in midfield, who's who's taking the hearts of Norwich fans at the moment, uh, including no, not a Norwich fan but yourself as well. Um, you know they will have the tools to to hurt Bristol City, especially Bristol City who step out and try and attack. So um, yeah, I think this should be end to end. I think both teams will have the the tools able to hurt each other and um, and finding a, an angle, a goals angle, was a, a clear way to go uh, to play this in my view. Yes. Okay. Uh, I've got a BTTS no treble. Uh, it's at 7.6 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, there's one from each league here. Basically one, the, the, the game that I think will be the lowest margin game from each league is what I've picked here. And these are all sides that, you know, are either bad at attacking or okay at attacking, but coming up against a very good defensive team. So uh, in the championship, it's Huddersfield against Wigan. Um, I think that both t- both sides are sort of okay going forward. I think Wigan have been pretty strong defensively so far. Uh, in Shrewsbury against Exeter, well, the case is just Shrews really constantly low margin games. Exeter, okay going forward, but up against a, a really, really... Um, a very, very strong Shrewsbury defence. Uh, and then Hartlepool against Crewe in League Two. Uh, I don't see this being a, a particularly high margin affair. Crewe have done really well this season at getting ahead in games. I think if you just take first halves, they've won five out of their seven so far. Um, and that that probably is part of the reason why their numbers aren't particularly strong in, in that they have gone ahead early um, and been ahead at halftime in five of their seven games. But I still haven't seen lows to suggest that they are you know, hugely dangerous going forward. Hartlepool, well, pretty bad on both ends, to be quite frank with you. So it's a BTTS, no treble. Um, Shrewsbury Exeter's 1.9. Uh, Huddersfield, Wigan and Hartlepool crew are both even money with the Betfair Sportsbook. So overall, that's 7.6 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Huddersfield, Wigan, uh, Shrewsbury Exeter and Hartlepool crew all BTTS, no, the treble. Uh, don't forget, it's bet 10, get two. So if you do bet £10 on the FL Ackers this season, this midweek, you'll get a £2 free bet to use on the Betfair Sportsbook. The T's and C's are in the bio, in the description of this pod, uh, and it just leaves a goal scorer pick. I'm going to Hull against Stoke um, for this one. Uh, I think this is going to be really interesting because after a bit of a stop-start start to the season for Hull, uh, where the fixture list wasn't very kind, they got some decent results, uh, but we kind of commented a couple of weeks ago that after all of the transfer movement, suddenly we were looking at their team, and apart from Oscar Estup. Estupinian. It was a lot of players that we'd kind of thought were going to be um, old news at Hull. Um, I think that's going to change now. Uh, we've seen players coming back from from um, injury. Uh, Ozan Tufan, who is my selection here at seven to two to score anytime, or eight, yeah, seven to two um, to score anytime, came back and, and played in the number ten role. Um, John Serry should start here after his own injury issues. Um, Harvey Vale on loan from Chelsea is in contention to start as well. Pelcast, the player they brought in from Fenerbahce, is also fit. Um, I think Hull, if if it's going to work, <laughs> uh, might start to to catch fire fairly soon. Um, you went to go and watch Reading against Stoke in um, a couple of weeks or a week or so ago. I know you were not impressed by what you saw from from Stoke at all. Almost picked and Hull, Hull, yeah, almost picked yeah. them actually to win this game. And and I think Hull are a side to even at their worst, um, and we've seen them you know be well beaten earlier this campaign. Even when they're at their worst, they are capable of, of scoring, of creating goal scoring opportunities. I, I don't think we're going to see many games where Hull are well beaten and don't get their chances. Um, and that is because of the individual qualities of certain players. And Tufan is the one for me that stands out in terms of value at seven to two. Um, you know, he's a player who's, who's been playing at, at number 10 recently. He's having loads of shots in, in the games where he does play. Uh, and I think because he can play a kind of holding role or, or a deep eight role, I think he can also play. I mean, he was played a bit for Watford out wide on the left last season as well in kind of a, a wing back role. 
Uh, I don't think he's being priced up as a number 10. Um, you know, he has the quality to uh, to hurt teams. Um, we've seen him miss chances. We've seen him already score this season. And I think in a game where Hull should create plenty, um, him at, in 10 behind Estupinian looks the value play to me at 7-2. My goal scorer this week is a centre-back. It's possibly the preeminent centre-back goal scorer in the EFL. That's not Aidan Flint anymore. It's not Jake Cooper, I'm sad to say. It's Fraser Horsfall. He plays for Stockport. Uh, he's 10 to 1 anytime with the Betfair Sportsbook, and I'm taking that. Uh, a point on the 10 to 1 anytime Fraser Horsfall uh, goal. It's clearly shorter than my normal centre back goal scorer picks. But Stockport are playing against Crawley. Stockport, big, strong, strapping team with Hussey providing some very good delivery. Crawley Town, not big, strong, brave team. Five conceded from set pieces already. The defence is young. Back three in their last game were 22, 22 and 19. The keeper, Adai, hasn't looked convincing to my eyes and Horsfall only has one goal in his 389 minutes uh, so far. That was in his last game against Wimbledon. On opening day, he had three shots, didn't score. In the last game, he had two shots, including that goal. In between, uh, he must have suffered an injury of some sort because he, he, he's played reduced minutes, but he's back now. He's playing for a Stockport side that uh, haven't really got going so far, but who I think have a serious threat from set pieces. And I think that Horsfall will be licking his lips. Um, I'm absolutely positive he will have a chance from a set piece in this game. So uh, 10 to 1, anytime. Uh, I'm backing that as my goal scorer pick. So to recap, Elick has picked Plymouth Argyle as his nap, Middlesbrough to win to nil as his next best. He's laid Barnsley on the Betfair exchange at home to Port Vale. He's backed BTTS and over 2.5 goals in that Norwich against Bristol City game. And he's backed Ozan Tufan of Hull City to score uh, in midweek. Whereas I've gone for Charlton at home to Forest Green, 17 to 20 with the Sportsbook. And Walsall at home to Colu at 19 to 20. I've laid West Brom at 1.53. My goals bet is a BTTS no treble. That is Huddersfield, Wigan, Shrewsbury, Exeter and Hartlepool crew at 7.6 with the Sportsbook. And I've backed Fraser Horsfall at 10 to 1 to score any time for Stockport against Crawley. So there you go, an unusual timing of a betting show. Um, but hopefully you understand why we've decided to flip things this week. We'll be doing a Monday pod style recap of everything that happens across the EFL midweek. I guess we'll record that uh, as soon as we can on Thursday morning uh, and therefore it should be out for you at some point Thursday lunchtime. I hope you enjoy that. There'll be a recap of our trip to Grimsby against Gillingham on Tuesday night, which we're really excited about uh, and much more as well. So I uh, hope you're all having a good start to the week and wishing you all the best. Go out. Well.